costly one for the Jets. And that officially eliminated the New York Jets from a playoff berth. It's 4.06 on this Monday afternoon. Welcome, Marinero. It's 2016. Filling in for Melnick in the afternoon, along with Mitch Gallo and Rod Francis, wishing all our TSN 690 listeners a very happy and healthy 2016. And as custom every Monday at around this time, we talk football with NFL writer of Yahoo Sports, the shutdown corner, Eric Edholm. How you doing? I'm doing great. Just uh, not your typical uh, Black Monday in the NFL, but still busy nonetheless. So obviously a lot to uh, to get to here. I've uh, been a New York Jets fan since uh, the '80s with uh, O'Brien and um, Freeman McNeil and and Klecko uh, and, and Gastineau and Altoon and list goes on and on. Reason being, uh, every time I was looking for a football game to watch back then, back in the '80s, uh, the Jets were. Uh, the Jets were the team that they were showing for the most part. So that's a team I started following. But I just knew. I knew they were going to find a way to screw it up, and they did. I did not know. <laughs> I really didn't. I, I should have considered the history. I should have considered their pension for coming up short in big games. But my thinking was, I think it's unfair to bring that in in the sense that this team looked different. And they looked like, boy, you could even make a case for them as a as – a, a Super Bowl contender, the way they've been playing lately. I mean, Fitzpatrick have been hot. The defense have been getting after it. They had a nice balance offensively. Everything seemed lined up for a run, perhaps even a, an upset or two in the playoffs. So coming into yesterday, I really thought the Jets were going to win and win big, but they looked almost spooked. I, I don't know. It was like early on they just seemed sort of mentally checked out or just expected to dominate the game. And then, you know, the Bills slowly con- took control of this thing and then, you know, didn't really let up, so that was uh, that was probably the most surprising result uh, on the day. Eric, um, you know I've seen a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know you've seen yeah. a, Ryan Fitz, a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and 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 I maintain Ryan Fitzpatrick is the perfect backup quarterback. And you can put him in there. He's not going to rock the boat. He's a gunslinger. He's willing to take some chances. Let his wide receivers do the hard work. Put the ball in their hands, and that can look really good for eight or nine games. But over sixteen yeah. games. His warts, his flaws are going to be so readily apparent. And Rex Ryan has pretty much owned him. When Rex was in New York and Fitzpatrick was with Buffalo, and now with Rex in Buffalo and, and with Fitzpatrick in New York, it's been clear Fitz is 2-5 lifetime against Rex, uh, twice as many, almost three times as many interceptions as touchdowns. There, There's something about Fitzpatrick. And the things I was just talking about is, as qualities, the fact that he's a gunslinger, they become problems over 16 games, so it's just a matter of time. And uh, I, I guess maybe I thought that he would do enough to get them past Buffalo, but I'm not at all surprised by the outcome. And that said, if Fitzpatrick was playing for the Colts, I think they'd be the division champ right now. If Fitzpatrick was in Dallas, I think the Cowboys would be the division champs in the NFC East. But over 16 games, Eric, you're going to leave shaking your head when you watch Fitzpatrick. I think it's a fair point, and that is his career. And that's why, you know, I mean, when people, the discussion in Buffalo was, do we give him an extension or not? Most people said yes. And a year and a half later, it was, it was deemed a huge mistake because, as you said, the law of averages kicked in. The, the law of Fitzpatrick took hold, which was that at some point, you know, he, he will provide one of those games or, or a string of games where, uh, he really falls off and, and something gets in his head and, 
you know, he just kind of loses it a little bit. So that definitely kicked in yesterday. Again, I just, I just thought this is a perfect opportunity to slay the narrative. And, and, and for this team, even, even if he had a bad game, for the rest of the team to pick him up, and that obviously didn't happen. All right, so the Jets not making it means the Steelers do. Uh, can they surprise going forward? Yeah, I mean, right. They were they, For about a month now, people said, hey, they're the scariest team heading into the postseason, but they've also given us reason for pause, too. And we don't know the health of D'Angelo Williams. I mean, if Williams is hurt, you know, Fitzgerald Toussaint might be uh, playing a key role in the postseason on the road, um, you know, with a team that may or may not get Andy Dalton back. I, I don't think they will this week, but... Point being, this is probably the best Bengals team that uh, you know that we've seen in recent years, depending on the quarterback situation. And yeah, the Steelers are dangerous. They could probably beat any team in the AFC field right now. I, I need to make a, a case for them beating New England. You can make the case for them beating Denver, whom they just beat. Um, certainly, you know they've already beaten Cincy recently. So you see the track record of, of, of games against playoff teams, but then they lay eggs against teams they should beat. So it, it's it's a tricky thing. I, I just don't know what to make of this team. I want to buy into them like everybody else seems to be, but I, I have my reservations, and I wouldn't be stunned if the Bengals win that first game. Talking football with Eric at home of uh, the shutdown corner in Yahoo Sports. Tannehill works in the shotgun. Ajayi on his right hip. Three receivers spread to the left, including Landry to the numbers wide. Now he goes in motion across the formation. Here's the snap. Tannehill looks left. Line drive to the goal line. And a lunging knee-high two-hand catch by Jordan Cameron. Tumbling down to the turf. It's a touchdown for the Dolphins. And they lead it 16-10 with seven minutes to go. Such a big game for the Patriots. That I did not expect. Well, I mean, they, they lose the number one seat, which, I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, they still get their home bye, uh, their home playoff game in their bye week, rather. Um, which is also a big deal because it allows them to get some of their, their players back. I, I have my questions about this team for sure. Even if Sebastian Vollmer helps that offensive line, even if Julian Edelman is back to give Brady uh, an underneath option, doesn't have to sit back there and survey the field very long. Julian Edelman gets open. Coach, gets a great open start quickly. for your team so that's and the Russians. Thing. I think the time off will help them. They'll spend the next 12 days working on pass protection, finding solutions to their problems up front, but. You know, Steelers could come into town. I mean, I could see, obviously, a couple of tough matchups there. Kansas City's defense is playing well. Who knows what the first game is going to present. But, you know, every team in the field has good defensive options to, to thwart their issues offensively. I mean, their last six games, ever since Edelman went down, hasn't been the same group, scoring-wise, yards-wise, any-wise. So, I, I, you know, that was evident yesterday. Tom Brady's banged up. He needs the time to rest for sure. The defense is good. If they're fully healthy, they can they can stand up there with almost anybody. But I don't know. This this I'm not quite feeling this New England team this year uh, going all the way. Ronnie made a good run, and, and CJ made a couple of good runs. I'm not sure that had uh, much to do with me being in there, you know. But uh, I, I think uh, I think just the execution was just better in the second half. Up front, there were some bigger holes. We held on to the ball, and uh, that. Um, I can't say uh, I can't take credit for having a really good handoff, you know, and helping those guys hold on to the ball. You know, I, I won't. I refuse to do that. 
So many twists and turns in this this Peyton Manning Denver Broncos saga. Considering the money he's going to make next year, and considering Osweiler, we kind of anointed him the next guy, and he's a free agent. And but all that matters, frankly, is the here and now, Eric. And and Gary Kubiak was that uh, a gutsy, ballsy decision to bench Osweiler and go with the Hall of Famer after one drive in the third quarter, or is he going to come back to rue this decision? Yeah, you got me. I mean, like you said, this thing has taken a couple, two, three extra twists and turns than I ever expected. And, you know, it, it was hard to know how this thing would end for Peyton Manning. And yet, I think all of us deep down, even if you thought, boy, he's he's done, meaning this isn't the same guy we, we saw in the MVP years, but do we really, really expect that that four-pick, 20-throw game against the, you know, 35-yard performance against the Chiefs was going to be his last action ever? I guess deep down somewhere, I thought we'd see him again at some point. I didn't know where, especially Osweiler playing okay, not bad, not great. And so it's hard to figure out how Gary Kubiak would do that or if he would do it. Well, we found out yesterday his method, which was Peyton Manning practices, gets limited reps because he's a backup quarterback, enters the game and does fairly well with what he was asked to do, I suppose. One really nice throw. The rest were very safe, high percentage stuff, so... You know, Peyton's right. The team got a lift. He got in there. They ran harder. They blocked better, executed better, moved the ball, scored one game. Um, is that going to carry over after a two-week bye? I don't know. That's the fascinating thing. Could could Peyton have a setback in practice? You know, could he put the wrong amount of weight on his foot and re-injure it? Absolutely. So this thing, I feel like we're still going to have the trap door fall beneath us here at some point, but... Uh, I'll be hanging on every uh, play. This one's going to be fun to watch. Uh, as usual, Monday afternoon, we're chatting with uh, Eric at home from uh, Yahoo Sports, the Shutdown Corner, also at 120sports.com. And uh, as everyone knows, uh, if you're a football fan, there's a lot of news today, and uh, Eric is, is generously going to donate a bit of time to us tomorrow to kind of recap all of the, the coaching news and the, the GM firings and terminations that we've seen today. So we'll kind of dig into that tomorrow, Eric, but is there is there one move that leaves you shaking the head uh, when it comes to coaches? or GMs, whether it's Tom Coughlin in New York or what may or may not happen with Sean Payton? Any any one or two moves you want to highlight? Yeah, nothing super shocking. I guess Russ and Webster, the Titans GM being out, is maybe a mild surprise at this point. Everything else we kind of saw coming. I know that maybe a couple weeks ago we suspected there maybe uh, Mike McCoy might be out in San Diego, but he's returning, so it's probably a move that, that didn't happen. But, you know, I, I think the Tom Coughlin story is the one that's, you know, kind of dominating the day. Not shocking that Mike Pettin would be let go last night or, or Jim Tom Sula, but you know, even though we could kind of see this thing coming with, with Coughlin, that a six and ten season, four straight out of the playoffs, as great as he's been, you know, maybe it kind of run its course. It still is shocking. I mean, I covered this team for a long time at Pro Football Weekly, and you know, was there when when Coughlin was let go and, and Coughlin retired. I mean, that's far from a, a popular move. It took he and Eli, four years to get respect in the city in New York when they want it all. He's got an interesting legacy. Is he a Hall of Famer? I think so, but I don't know. So just kind of pondering the career of Tom Coughlin, everything he did in Jacksonville in New York, it's fascinating because I don't know if he's quite up there with the coaching giants, but he's had a remarkable career nonetheless. 
Yeah, uh, no kidding. And, and again, we'll talk to you uh, uh, in depth uh, tomorrow about all of the uh, the coaching changes. Uh, what about Washington? Uh, watching the Bills, obviously, yesterday and then flipping around to the other games, including Dallas and Washington. And at one point, um, the great John Clayton of ESPN sends out a tweet saying, uh, Washington Football Club uh, being smart with Kirk Cousins, uh, benching him after an amazing first half with, with first place locked up. And you're just thinking to yourself – Imagine if we we had come up with this possible headline back in August. I mean, c- can you kind of describe what Washington has gone through? Gruden takes so much heat there. Uh, how they've handled the quarterback position, and here they are looking like one of the most dangerous teams that's going to be playing this coming weekend. Yeah, you're right. And in August, I remember the one preseason game. I'm actually kind of forgetting who they were playing at the time, but Trent Williams, their best offensive line, was out. So they did have four of the five starters, but it looked like. Uh, a college unit at best. I mean, it was an awful performance. RG3 gets injured in the game in the preseason. I think that was kind of the first domino to where we thought, oh, boy. I mean, they might be the worst team in the NFL this season. You know, forget the Cleveland Browns and the San Francisco 49ers. This might be the worst team in the NFL. A lot of people felt so. So when he gets knocked out, it opened the door for Cousins. And a lot of people are quietly saying, hey, you know, Cousins is the better fit for what Jay Gruden wants to do offensively. And we say, yeah, 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 but he's a, he's a turnover-prone backup. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick minus four years, you know. So to get Bill Callahan to coach up that O-line, to get Jay Gruden to, to call the right plays and get Cousins' confidence sky high, to get everybody to rally around, you like that, the chance that that sort of, you know, Lepidation, I guess, if you will, and get that defense to play the way it has. It's pretty remarkable, even in a bad NFC. There was a one team that didn't blow an opportunity to win the division. So, uh, a little credit to what they've built there. And, and uh, Scott McLuhan's a, a very good GM. He'll he'll do good things over the next several years. I'm fascinated. I think they have a very very good chance to beat the Green Bay Packers. Uh, last one here for Eric at home from uh, Shutdown Corner and Yahoo Sports. Uh, do you buy what Bruce Arians is trying to sell everyone, that they they were feeling too good about themselves, they were flying sky high, and that they're going to be better off after having the snot beat out of them yesterday? I actually am. Uh, I'm, I'm buying almost everything that Bruce Arians is selling these days, and maybe I'm a, uh, you know, I've been drinking the Kool-Aid now or whatever. I, I've seen enough of this team this season, even with, some kind of strange hiccup, the loss of the Rams, which they got physically dominated in the fourth quarter. Yesterday's result, which was just stunning, you know, one hit after another. Uh, no, you know, not too many teams come in there and punch them in the mouth the way the Seahawks did. That said, I, I think they will get a chance to kind of sit back, look at that ugly tape. You know, after such a dominant performance against the Packers, they could say, this might have been as bad as that Packers game was good. So, no time to feel sorry for ourselves. Let's get back to work and see what we can do. And, and, and I really do think they have the legs to make a run in this postseason. They are right up there with, you know, I think they're on even footing with the Carolina Panthers as far as longevity is concerned. Eric, appreciate taking the time talking football with us, and we'll talk to you again one week from today. Yep, we'll see you soon. Bye. Cheers. There you have it. Eric at home. It's 421. Marinero filling in for Melnick in the afternoon. We go back to the Winter Classic. And the Canadians were ready for this one. 